It's time to step into the more that God has for you. This is Eunice Lai, and I would like to welcome you to today's episode of Beyond the Building with Laura Pereno and Debbie Kiever of the Beyond Women's Conference. Good morning, and welcome to this episode of Beyond the Building. Today, we are talking about another weapon, another part of our armor that God has given us as we are standing every day, Paul says in the book of Ephesians, in a battle. We are in a war a spiritual war at all times, and God has given us exactly what we need in order to stand. We hope that you have been encouraged by these episodes as we've been going through the armor of God. I know that this is something that I go back to on a daily basis. When I start to feel myself get a little shaky or feel my circumstances start to seem like they're uh, running out of control, I have to go back on on a daily basis. Maybe you do too, Debbie, or maybe our listeners do, and say, am I missing a part? of my armor because really when we are wearing everything that god has given us in the spiritual realm we are going to stand unshaken uh, as god is doing things in our lives and in the lives of those around us so today we are talking about the shield of faith it's interesting because right now up until now we've been talking about things that we have to put on our bodies right we've talked about the belt of truth and how important it is that every Everything in our life is lined up with the truth of the word of God. We talked about how easy it is to get deceived. And in today's world, we certainly have to take everything that we hear, everything that we read, every thought that comes into our minds and line it up with the word of God to see if it is what he has said. We talked about the breastplate of righteousness and how important it is to walk in a righteous way in order to stay lined up with the things that we know are the truth. And then the shoes of peace. We need shoes of peace today, right? We need to be standing and we need to be in a calm place knowing that God is fully in control and he has given us his peace, Jesus Christ, in order to walk every day in the peace he brings. It's so easy when things come our way to get uh, knocked off kilter, but he's given us these shoes that will help us to stand. And today we're going to talk about the shield of faith because it's something that we hold up in order to keep us um, not distracted, we're going to find out, undistracted as we go into the battle. The enemy ultimately is out to get our faith because the Bible says, and we'll talk about this in a little bit, without faith, it is impossible to please God. So his ultimate goal is to get our faith. And isn't it interesting that God actually gives us the very thing that the enemy is after to be a defense against the weapon of the enemy? We're looking at Ephesians 6 uh, in this study, and we're going to start by reading Ephesians 6. We're going to add in the shield of faith to see what the purpose of it is. It says, therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, the breastplate of righteousness in place with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. And in addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. You know, we're going to talk about a definition of faith in just a minute, but I think it's important to recognize that faith isn't just believing something, right? The Bible says, Jesus himself says that faith, that the enemy, demon 
Christians believe that Jesus is God, right? But they don't have faith in God. There is a difference in believing something and having faith in something. You're so right, Laura. Faith is actually, a, it can be a verb. And we're going to make up a new word. Okay, don't don't look this up. It's a Debbie and Laura, it's Debbie and Laura word. But we're going to call it faith thing. When you're doing something, it's acting on what you believe God is telling the truth. So if he's giving us instruction, if he's giving us a promise, what are we going to do with that? Are we just going to sit there and absorb it? Or are we going to get up and go act out as if we're absolutely convinced that he doesn't lie, that his promises are, are true, that they're yes and amen, that he follows through with what he says? You know, the Bible says that faith without works is dead. It means you can't just sit there and, and believe and not respond. It's going to cause a response. You're either going to fail to respond, which is a response in and of itself, or you're going to make a change. You're going to uh, act out on it. It's like having your faith with your shield of faith involves your feet. They go hand in hand. So it's our response. If God is telling us that uh, if you tithe, this is the opens the door. The storehouse is for God to bless your finances. Okay, I believe that, but there's a different thing to hit the push pay and tithe to your church. If he tells you that I want you to forgive, that is the road to reconciliation. Well, that sounds nice until I have to actually go and make a choice to forgive somebody or just as hard to go and ask for forgiveness mm-hmm. you know, when we've wounded somebody. It's, there's a lot of things you can think about in your head. But unless you act out on it, your faith is your faith is actually just dead. It shows up in your feet. And what an important time that we live in where Christians need to get out of their routine of just uh, being quiet about their faith and just living it out loud by the way that they love. You know, unless you tell somebody and show somebody that you love them, you do, they are not going to know. So it goes hand in hand. Active faith is going to look different in this world. We cannot be silent about it. We cannot uh, assume that people are understanding what we're doing uh, in our lives, what we believe, unless we speak up and we speak louder with our actions than with our words. And what's a shame, I think, is so many times our words say one thing but our actions say something very different and it causes people to question well what do you believe in anyway yeah you know debbie when we're talking about the shield of faith and and you know how much we love to go back and look at the history behind the the armor that god has given us and all the passages in the scripture uh the shield of faith back in those days there were two shields that came in those days in different sizes and again a lot of this information that we are talking about today does come from priscilla shire's armor of god and when i was doing this study with the ladies i just remember how excited i was to see the different pieces of armor on a roman soldier and then see how they fit us as believers but the shield came in two different sizes one was kind of round and i don't know it kind of reminds me of something you might see on a a marvel character when you are looking at the you know superheroes in these movies it was round and and small but there was another one that was huge it was almost like people uh kind of say it looked like a door it was made out of wide wooden planks And it would go from kind of your chin all the way down to into your thighs. I think it's interesting that when God 
refers to the shield of faith when Paul writes this as he's looking at a Roman soldier. The shield that God gave us is that one that covers us all the way, you know, this this uh, wooden plank shield that we hold in front of us. Because if you think about this small circular shield, and that is your shield of faith, and we know from what we just read that the shield of faith is to extinguish the fiery darts of the enemy. That means there are fiery darts coming at us. And if we were going to have to get those fiery darts with a small round shield, can you almost imagine how much we'd have to be uh, wielding our shield around, looking for where that uh, darts are coming from, and then attempting to protect ourselves as we kind of crazily move the shield around. He gives us a shield that's big enough to cover us by just keeping it in one place with one hand, because we're going to talk in a couple of of weeks about the fact that we have something else that we have to hold on to, and that's the sword of the spirit, right? We can't be playing around trying to wield this small shield around. He gives us exactly what we need. He gives us the bigger shield. That means even though we talk about faith, the size of a mustard seed can do, you know, amazing things. He gave us a very big shield, a very big faith. And this covers us all the way. You know, it, it diffused the fiery darts of the enemy. And we'll talk about the purpose for the fiery darts in a minute. But this shield also, after it was covered, made of wood, covered in leather, it was dipped in water. And we'll find out why in just a minute. But it was actually dipped in water in order to extinguish. Anybody carrying this size shield when they went into the battle clearly had the advantage in the battle. Laura, great description of a very large shield that would be held in front of uh, the soldier because the enemy has he has a plan. He has a, a strategic plan to try to get the soldier to move the shield as big as it is off the side to get to expose his person. You know, if he can get his body exposed, we talked about there were a couple little areas that, you know, that the soldier was vulnerable in those areas. And so he wanted to stay behind the shield. So the enemy would take these arrows, douse them in a liquid that could burn, light the flaming arrow and shoot it, shoot it. But they wouldn't shoot it at his chest. He would shoot it off to the side to be a distraction to get the soldier to move his shield, to shift his focus off of the enemy and off to the side. It's like these arrows shooting from different directions and the soldier just needs to learn to discipline himself to stay focused on who's really going after him. Now, we have to tell them, Laura, about what just happened over the last 10 minutes. I am trying to get this same, what I just shared with you four times, I have tried to say it. And we <laughs> we had a Zoom bomber. We have yep. never had that before. Nope. And we pray, you know, we pray against it. But honestly, I just didn't know what it was. We had our first Zoom bomber. And all of a sudden, as I'm talking about these distractions that come, there's another face. Third person. Third person trying to get in there and draw attention off. It just, and what did it do? It distracted us, right? Absolutely. Because how do you record a podcast with a Zoom bomber on there? Absolutely. It's just too much. So we, so we removed them before they could say something. So we started again. Again, I'm start talking about this importance of the, you know, keeping your shield in front of you so that your distraction is not pulled off. We had three more things come up. Yep. Three. Yep. Buzzers started going off in the house that we weren't <laughs> expecting. And then finally, I just said, this is too much. This is, ex I'm living. Talk about faith with feet. I'm yes. actually living. Yes. Right? And we had to shut down everything 
to be able to um, get our focus back where it needs to be. So, you know, it's not the way you plan it, but boy, that was not timed at a better better moment. Well, anyhow, back to the shield before something else happens. These, <laughs> <laughs> these arrows that are being um, shot at you, the goal of the shield was not to have them bounce off. It was to distinct it was to extinguish them like you would almost hear the the flame goes like when it would hit the shield that was so wet from the water that the soldier had doused it in you know god doesn't give us the shield of faith to just bounce the enemy's lies and his attacks off he wants to extinguish the power that the enemy has over us you know there is something about saying to an enemy you can shoot as many arrows as you want but they are not only going to bounce off they're going to be silenced amen they're going to be put out and it's because of your faith in action you're stepping out believing that what god is saying is is true and he, he that's why he gives us that shield of faith the enemy is not able to get through Amen. You know what makes me uh, very grateful as you were even speaking about this faith and how God has given us this faith in order to keep us protected in the battle against distractions. If I was dependent on my faith in order to keep me undistracted in the battle, I have to say that there are days or moments when I would not be holding a very big shield. But I think one of the things that we have to reflect back on is the fact that what our faith is in is not our faith, right? Our faith is not in the outcome of what's happening. Our faith is not on how much we we believe or how great our faith is. Our faith is based on God, right? It's because God is faithful that we can have the faith that we need in order to move and stay protected in the battle. It's not on the outcome, it's on the object of our faith. Our shield isn't based on what we can do or what we are hoping to have come out at the end of this struggle. Our shield is based on the object of our faith. And the one that we believe in is faithful, right? The Bible says it over and over and over again, that because he is faithful, right, we can have faith in him. I remember one time I was on a trip which seems like a very, very long time ago that we have all been on trips, right? But uh, a couple years ago, I was in Africa and I went to Victoria Falls. And one of the day trips, I guess it was actually a night trip that I wanted to go on and didn't have the opportunity to do it. But pretty amazing. There's a place. Okay, if you go to Victoria Falls, first of all, it's, you know, one one of the seven wonders of the world. It's it's huge. There's... uh, there's so much water all the time. And of course, you're in Africa. You've got the African sun. There are rainbows everywhere, Debbie. When I say you are, we were flying over it, and all I could see was multiple rainbows all throughout the sky. It was amazing. In the falls, out of the falls, it was amazing. But there is a time every month, based on the moon, where there is a rainbow in one of the falls, uh, deep down in the fall, in the middle of the night and it stays that way for three nights in a row and they actually call it a moonbow because as the moisture is coming up from the falls and the light of the moon shines into the fall on those three nights 
in the middle of the darkest night, there is the most beautiful rainbow. And you can walk down into that fall and you can see the moonbow. And to me, as I heard about the moonbow, even though I wasn't able to experience it myself, I just kept thinking about the fact that the rainbow is, you know, evidence in the Bible of God's faithfulness, the way he made a promise to Noah and his faithfulness to carry through his promises. Isn't it amazing that we have faith in a God who is not only um, faithful and gives us evidence of his promises in the daylight, but also in the times that things are dark, which really we could uh, bring that right down to battles in our lives. Some of the struggles that we go through, we might look at those and say that, man, that felt like the night, right? Weeping may remain for a night, but joy comes in the morning. We can think of those times as times that feel like the night or dark times for us, but the moon bow is evidence that the one that we put our faith in continues to be faithful in the day or in the night. So when I'm holding up my shield, you know, on those days where maybe my faith is a little bit shaky, I can know that the object of my faith is never shaky. He is never shaken. He is big enough and strong enough and faithful enough to get me through the battle that I'm standing in. You know, we also talk about the fact that how big this shield is. How about this? How many times have you heard people say, and, and I'm just gonna use this analogy because I happen to be married to a pilot and a, airplanes have been part of our conversation since my first blind date when I met him until honestly this morning. So when you show people a picture of a 747 and you show people a picture of like a Cessna 150, which is a small two-seater plane that may be the size inside of a Volkswagen bug and maybe a little bit smaller, actually a lot smaller because it's a two-seater. When you show those two pictures to people, people generally say, well, I will get on the 747, but I am not getting on that small plane. Why? Because we want to put our faith in something that is big right? We don't want to say we have faith in that little two-seater plane that it's going to get us to where we are going. But we will say we have faith in the fact that that 747 is big enough to get us to where we need to be. We want to put our faith in something big, and God has given us a big shield, and he is big enough, you know, the biggest, the greatest, the most powerful, to put our faith in. He has given us exactly what we need. I think that goes back, Debbie, to the fact that when we when we know him, when we know how big he is, and of course our minds can't handle the, the whole greatness of him, but when we understand how big he is, it makes it that much, I don't want to say easier, but that much more natural or desirable to put our faith in our great big God. You know, just listening to you and listening to your travel stories over the years, it's not even it's not even the size of the object that you're getting into, right? Or the size of the the ob, uh, the situation, the circumstance that you're in. It's the who you're putting your faith in. And uh, you've made a comment over the years that you always like flying when you know Dan is the pilot. Whether it's a large plane or your little two-seater, mm-hmm. the faith is not in the size of the plane, it's in the who is the pilot, who's steering Amen. the ship. And so whether our circumstances are huge or they're the very small decisions that we need to make, uh, the who is the, is the key. And, we, and that who is huge, right? Amen. God is the huge who <laughs> that we're yep. placing our trust right. in. He's the pilot. That's right. 
There's a, one of the famous passages is Hebrews 11 about, it's called the hall of faith. And the first verse has actually been one of the key verses that I literally held on to while raising teenagers. And I've had this like in secret places in my house so that they didn't feel like I was trying to throw scripture down their throat. But Hebrews 11, one says, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and the assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. Faith is your confidence. It's your foundation. It's what you launch from. How did I make choices on how I was going to act and step out? And specifically for me with my kids, you know, how was I going to behave as a mother? I will tell you that the learning curve when uh, Chip was eighth to ninth grade, 11th to 10th grade, like in that window, I had not yet figured out to place my confidence in in God like I really needed to. I put a lot of pressure on myself because I think at some point, Laura, I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but people judge a parent by their kids. It's and I yeah. and I was guilty of that until I had teenagers. You know, and I realized it's not really what you see is not really indicative of what's the heart of the parent. But this was huge for me because my confidence in my faith had to launch from an expectation that God is going to keep his promises. Not what I uh, not what I can change in my child. Amen. Not even how I can change myself. It's God, what have you promised? And that became my launch pad. That's my faith took action. There were a couple things that I did that kind of, once I started thinking this way, I, I'm very visual. I'm very hands-on. I need, I learn by doing, which that should say something right there. You learn by doing. In the fall mm. every year, I would go and buy bulbs like daffodils and tulips. And, and I would hold these bulbs as seeds, which that's what they were. And I would go in the yard in different places and I would plant them. And I would remind myself that the seed that I had planted in my children from birth on, why would I plant the word of God in my child? Because I believe that the word of God doesn't fail. And I Amen. knew that that I didn't have to see how God was working with that seed in their lives, but I had to have the faith, not in what I could see, but what I was hoping for, what that assurance that he was going to do something. So these bulbs, right? We don't plant them in September and then start looking November, like, well, where's any growth? We know that the growth is going to come in a different season. And so for me, that verse became uh, like pivotal in a mind shift for me. Uh, or how to be a better mom in that season where I knew I had planted a lot of seed and and I felt like whatever seed I was planting to my teenager was not, I just couldn't see it doing anything. And the enemy mm-hmm. likes to tell you, see, it doesn't work. God's not mm-hmm. we're answering your prayers. And so then rather than speak louder and more aggressively and try to change their heart, I dug down deep. And, and dealt with me, God, my faith has to be based on what you have said and not what my eyeballs are seeing. Another um, uh, scripture that just I held on to was Third John 4, which says, I will have no greater joy than to know that my children are walking in the truth. And, and I just, this was something that encouraged my faith. God, there will be a day. Amen. I don't know what year that will be. There will be a day where my greatest joy is that I've heard 
that my children are walking in the truth. Amen. Faith needs legs. Amen. You can't just plant a seed and sit back and do nothing. How did this change me? Well, when it took the pressure off of me, the responsibility of me, of changing their heart, which wasn't working anyway, if anything, Mm -hmm. they were were retreating (laughs) further because who likes to be with that kind of mom anyway? I stepped back and I just began to plant more seeds of love and forgiveness. And I, and I, I'm not trying to be your friend. I'm still trying to be your mom, but man, it took pressure off of me. And I think I just became a nicer person to be around. My actions changed because my faith was not in myself. It was in the one who was controlling all things. And that's what these ancients did. If you go down through that list, look, there's a whole lineup, the Moses and Rahab, it just goes on. They were not looking at their circumstances. And, and for many of them, they were some dire circumstances. They were looking ahead. God told them, I give you this promise, now move. And they, without having answers, without having a game plan, they stepped out in faith that God was going to uh, be there in that future to do what he's promised. They, they, they set a role model for us. We need to we really be encouraged to follow their example. Amen. And, you know, if you really take that back to the perspective of the armor of God, every single one of these individuals in the book of Hebrews in chapter 11, everyone had a completely different story, right? Moses's story was different than his mother's story. It was different than Rahab's story. It was different than Gideon's story. Every story in Hebrews 11 was a different story, but they were all the same story. They were all men and women who heard what God said, who did what God told them to do. And I would venture to say, without looking back over every single one of them at this moment, every single thing that God asked them to do did not make sense, right? It didn't go along with probably the plan that they had put in their lives. And Moses's mother never did she say, when I have a baby, I hope I can put him in a basket and send him down the river. It never would have happened. Moses never would have said, I hope that this difficult part of my story is part of my story, but I'm going to walk into it. I'm going to do what he tells me to do. Every single one of these people, God had given a job, given a role in the story of redemption, and every single one had to act upon it. In order to act upon it, they had to hold up their shield. And you can almost picture, I, I don't know, Maybe you have a picture in your mind of what all these different ancients look like. You know, we've seen movies of what Moses must look like or Rahab must look like. But I I almost uh, see each one of them now with that visual, but, uh, you know, girded up with the uh, armor of God, right? Wearing the armor of God, holding out that shield as they go into the battle, holding out that shield as she puts that baby in the river, holding out that shield as he steps into a battle with just uh, how many men, 300 men and, and some pictures and 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 whatnot i see these people holding up their shields as they went and they did what god had called them to do as we look back at the ancients as we look back at the people in the bible sometimes their stories went the way that we would all go wow that was a victory and then we we scroll down and we see that there were individuals at the end of the chapter that it says they didn't see the victory here on this earth, right? There were people who were beheaded and went through beatings and had really, really, really a lot of struggle. But they were still holding up their shield, believing that God is who he says he is 
and does what he says he's going to do. And each one of these, while their stories may not look to us with human eyes like a story of victory, each one of these is on the other side now and would say that they did what God called them to do. They had a, a faith walk based on the object of their faith, based on the one flying the plane, based on the one who is bigger and greater and stronger than themselves. Hebrews 12 talks about a great cloud of witnesses that are surrounding us as we are running our race. And I wonder, you know, if we could see with spiritual eyes this, this heavenly perspective as we're all running these different races, we could make a list of Hebrews 11 for us, right? Each one of us listening to this episode, you and me, Deb, and all of those around us, we could make another chapter. You know, by faith, we did what we're called to do today. And I have to picture that while we are all running this race, while we're all you know, uh, we have our belt on and our, our breastplate on and we've got our shield and we are running, doing with active faith what God's called us to do. The ancients are are there applauding, saying, you keep going. I held up my shield in those hard times. You can make it through. And I love your analogy of, of children. So many people, we know this generation is being attacked. So many of our listeners, so many of us have children who are not walking with God. But in those same places where us as moms or aunts or uncles or whatever it might look like, we're holding up the shield and we're running our race. You know, the ancients are there applauding us, saying, I did it too. You know, I had faith. I was given a job. I know it's hard, but you can make it through. So not only... Are we saying that today, Debbie? Like, whatever you are walking, whatever your race looks like, keep that shield of faith up and keep running. You will make it through. We've got ancients who are surrounding us on this journey. That that gets me pretty encouraged when I think about the fact that even in those moments when I feel like I'm by myself on this journey, I am never, ever alone. And regardless of the distractions, I'm going to hold my faith up and I'm my faith in a very big God and I am going to keep on moving. You will run in the direction that you're focused. You know, yep. you don't run well if you're looking back or you're looking off to the side uh, at distractions. You run where you're where your focus is where you're focused, and that's got to be eternity. I mean, gosh, if if a Moses could come back or a Rahab could come back and tell us what they've experienced now, what they have experienced in heaven, and, and, and would we really believe them, and would it change what we're doing today? Because so much is about your perspective, and that's where the faith comes through. You and I are running in faith at what God has told us is coming in our future. That's been the Amen. that's been the goal. So we need to be a the worthless world needs a group of women Amen. with their shields all in front of them, their whole armor on, with their eyes on eternity. Because when you start looking at what do I do today, that's going to count. For eternity, it's not going to be my new pair of shoes. Amen. It's going yeah. to be what seed am I planting in the lives around me to draw more and more people in this race? That's right. We need to we need to believe that that what God has said about what's coming, you know, in our futures in in a heavenly mindset is real, and that the more we keep our eyes there, that that's our priority. The more we will effectively battle in the present and make the choices not to cave to the distraction, not to cave to the opinion of the world. Amen. What God's opinion of us is what's most important. 
That's where the rewards are. It's not these uh, temporal rewards. Amen. We can't take it with us, right? But you can take people with Amen. you. And so Amen. we want to be responsible. Uh, we want to live very present in the world, but not of the world, because you and I and each person that loves Christ, we're citizen of heaven. And that that faith in that is going to determine, determine where I'm going, is going to define every decision that I make. That's my reason for standing firm Amen. when Amen. things are being shot at me. That's that's why I hold that wet shield up that extinguishes right. the lies and the distractions. Anything that's, that's right. going to try to tempt me and cause me to drift away from keeping. If I get my eyes off the enemy, it doesn't mean he's not there and he doesn't have a plan. Right. It means that I'm not I'm, I'm getting distracted and he it puts me at a disadvantage you know, because now if there's an area that's vulnerable. I need to keep my eyes on listening to the Lord and keep me, it says, keep your eyes open. You know, the enemy's that, that lion that's, you know, he's, he's coming around and trying to find a weak spot. Keep your eyes on the Lord and he's going to point out when the enemy shows his ugly face. Amen. Amen. You know, I think that one of the things uh, that happens when you are living a lifestyle of active faith is you find yourself um, experiencing the the presence of God in a greater, deeper way. When we are undistracted by the things of the world, by the things that the enemy throws our way, we will have uh, the mindset, the heart space, the brain power, whatever we're going to call it, in order to be focused on the place where the presence of God is. So a lifestyle of active faith actually creates an environment where we experience his presence in a, in a greater way. You know, so many times we think about the fact, um, how do we know that we're experiencing his presence or how do we walk in his presence or how do we experience the presence of God, right? That's a question a lot of people ask. Well, by staying uh, suited up in our armor and by living a lifestyle of active faith, let's go back to Hebrews 11. Every one of those individuals who heard from the Lord, who picked up their shield and moved into the battle where they were supposed to go, they knew God's presence was with them. Being in the battle, holding up your shield, is going to create an environment where you know God's presence is with you. A very, very quick analogy back to Victoria Falls. When I went to Victoria Falls, there is another place there. Um, and isn't it amazing how God just speaks to you through through nature Creation, so clearly? Yeah. You know, I know that's in the book of Acts too. It's just so much. It's it's amazing. There's one place because of the way the water splashes back as it as it drops off of this just ginormous fall, um, that the water splashes back and it it hits this one particular area of ground and creates a spray from the waterfall that uh, never ever stops because the waterfall never ever stops this spray never stops and so in this one area of victoria falls it rains um 24 7 all of the time all of a sudden you walk into a, a space where you were completely dry and, and the next minute you were being drenched i remember seeing people walking out with umbrellas and they were drenched and thinking why? And I remember people selling umbrellas at the front door to Victoria Falls, the front gate, thinking, it's a gorgeous day. Why are you selling me an umbrella? I make it a little wet. But no, these people got saturated. There is something that happens when we uh, have our shield up and we are sitting in the presence of God. It's like his spirit rains down on us. And just like in that 
uh, picture of Victoria Falls. It's a 24-7 nonstop experience in the night, in the day, whatever it is. Psalm 42, which I just love, verse 7 and 8, says, Deep calls to deep at the sound of your waterfalls. All your breakers and your waves have rolled over me. The Lord will command his loving kindness, listen, in the daytime, and his song will be with me in the night. A prayer to the God of my life. This is the God that we have faith in, and we want to experience his presence. We want to sit in the presence of the the God who is bigger, greater, stronger than all of these fiery darts, who is faithful in the daytime, and whose song is with us at night. You know, Laura, as we wrap up this, I'm, I'm getting a thought just about um, the planes again. I am willing to get in the large plane. I am willing to get in the small plane because at different seasons of my life, I have had to trust the pilot in the big and in the small. And as I as I look at that, uh, I'm actually going to fly in a couple days to see our daughter in Texas. And it doesn't even cross my mind to not trust that the plane mm-hmm. will be okay. Mm-hmm. Because I've just, you just have had enough experience trusting the pilots. Well, God has, a lot of times he asks us to do a lot of small things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, trust me in these small things. And, and you're like, why is he constantly challenging me with that? I, I think it builds our faith. Right. And you've heard that phrase. It builds your faith. Amen. You get the you get the small arrows that are shot at you or the small tests. And God is saying, trust me in these small things. And then I go, wow, you actually did what you said you would do. Like you said, he met me in the day. He met me at night. I can trust him in the day and the night again. It's like um, I used to (laughs) I used to have to pay Daniel a quarter to jump into the pool. Because I kept saying, trust me, I will catch you. Mm. Trust me. Mm-hmm. And it was like, finally what got it was I gave him a Hot Wheels car if he would jump. But it was <laughs> just trust me on this yeah. little jump. You know, and then yeah. to the age of a kid that, you know, can do head flips off of a boat or some kind of high high dive. It's why is he able to do that? Because he learned to build his faith in things that were small. Amen. Again, not in the circumstance, Amen. but in the one who's telling Amen. you. I will be here. I will catch you. And, you know, when we think of God has said that to us all along, I will never leave you. I will never Amen. forsake you. A, a translation says, I'll never lose my grip on you. I mean, Amen. you trust them in the little stuff and your faith builds. But the only way to test Amen. that faith is to do it. Put the legs Amen. to it, right? Put your shoes yep. on and step out yep. and believe what he has said is true. So whether... It's the little thing or the big thing. Let's grow our faith, all of us, with action. Get the boots on the ground and move in the direction that he's called us to go in obedience, keeping our eyes from from straying away from what he is telling us to do. Eyes forward, eyes on eternity, and and let's just let's just do it. That is what the world desperately needs. Amen. We are we're excited to continue on next week. We're going to be talking about the helmet of salvation, and as we're building up Laura in December, we've got a special treat for you right before Christmas. Uh, it's a Christmas armor of God message. Just a, it's it's even better than the Hallmark show. So turn off the Hallmark shows <laughs> and listen to the podcast. 
<laughs> well, That's right. We are so glad that you joined us today. We pray for you. We love you. If there's anything that we can do to bless you or to encourage you, we ask you to email us at beyondwomensconference at gmail.com. Great. We are so glad to have you guys with us today. God bless you. Have an amazing rest of your day. Bye-bye. Thank you. We believe that God will use what was shared to encourage you as you step into the more that he has prepared for you today. Thank you for joining us. Until next time, remember, you were created for more.